Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq el We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM and we are streaming live at www.wceb1450.com. If you are new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we are one of the quickest hours from 6 to 7 p.m. every day. Uh, we are a talk radio program and we talk just about everything. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with us on social media, you can do so by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA. And what else can I tell you? Oh, you can also find all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. So if that's SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play, you will find us at Radio Islam USA once again. Okay, we've got all the, the good stuff out the way. Uh, tonight, we've got a, I think, an important conversation. Uh, and that conversation is centered around uh, women's involvement, um, not just in the workforce, their representation, and what many would look at uh, or would call non-traditional uh, fields for women. So we're talking about women in the trades. And um, to give a little bit of a background for this. So in 1943, uh, this is uh, during World War II, many of you might be familiar with a uh, poster. It was Rosie the Riveter. You guys remember this? So I'm, I'm asking my guests before I introduce them. But yes, they're all shaking their heads, yes. So Rosie the Riveter, it was a promotion it was a promotional campaign uh it was a recruitment campaign uh and it was to get women into the uh, aircraft industry in particular okay so uh in 1943 they represented 65 percent of the industry's total workforce and this was compared to one percent in their pre-war years now with those types of numbers uh, as we know men had been called off to to war and there was a big hole in the labor force and women stepped up and filled that hole. Now there's also something to be mindful of as well and that is that at that time women would, were doing well to receive 50% of what their male counterparts uh, were earning. Uh, and today's pay gap, all right, let's move forward. Uh, today's pay gap is estimated to be at 20%. And some estimates have women catching up by the year 2152 which is a long, long way away. So that being said, we've got three, three women who are, who are in the trades and we're gonna talk with them about their experiences, uh, get their perspectives. And uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce uh, closest to me, uh, to my right, Tanine Ball. She is a journeyman iron worker. Uh, has been a local one iron worker for 13 years. Uh, seated directly next to her is Arlena Camille Tucker Hampton. I like all of that. That, that would be great on New Jersey. Uh, she has been a pipe fitter, local 597, for four and a half years. And immediately to her right is Tamara McCullough. And she is a union, uh, a sheet metal union, uh, local 73. Yes. As well as a, so a 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Got a shout out to 15. 15 so, um, and prior to entering, entering the trades, and we're gonna also get into a little bit of the background for everybody as well. Uh, she was, um, uh, she's a graduate of uh, Chicago Women in Trades, and you still volunteer and teach there as well. Yes. Right. So I'm gonna give you all a big welcome. Thanks for being here. And uh, say, say hello to the Radio Sound family. Hello, Radio family. <laughs> hello. hello. How you doing? All right. So, um, since you got your mic, like you're ready to just go at it. Okay, tomorrow. you just go. Right, just I'm gonna ready. jump Let's at go. you first, right? Let's do it. Um, so how, how did you, what was your path into the trades? Um, it was, well, I started out actually in the military. Okay. And yeah. I did uh, mostly electronics and stuff like that. And I, I went into a non-traditional work program then when I left, but it was at uh, Comcast, so I was in the field, you know, uh, installing or repairing and then from there I uh, was laid off lost the position and I was looking to do something that I wanted to do and I've always enjoyed you know working under my dad if he was under the car I was under the car that type of thing mm -hmm. so I started to uh, investigate places how to get into 
the trade. Um, and I found Chicago Women in Trade. So in this program, they uh, tutor women and, and really educate you on the different programs that are uh, available. Because going in, you would, most people know of uh, uh, carpentry or electrician or plumber and not the many facets of constructions that's you know out there, you, you know, glazers and iron workers and pipe fitters. So uh, that's how I found about uh, sheet metal. Okay. So uh, I took the test. Um, within a month, I was I was working. Within a month, I was working. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay. I've been taking the test. Uh, and, and Camille, how, how how about you? What was your path? Oh well, <clears throat> I think. Uh, sorry about that. I went through quite a few careers. Um, I initially, when I graduated from college, I was going to be. Um, I started out as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't seem like it was really going anywhere. Uh, I got bored with it, which I was was shocking because I thought I figured out something that wouldn't bore me. Um, then I got to doing uh, lots of odd jobs with temp services, and I got into teaching, substitute teaching, to kind of see if if I wouldn't get bored with that. Of course, it's Teaching is not boring. It's a whole other <laughs> level of excitement that, right. you know, can wear on you in another way. But it was a good experience for me. Um, in, in one of the classes I was subbing in, it was for an electrician uh, trace class. It was a class teaching the kids about different trades. And that particular day was the, the electrician, a union electrician came in. Mm -hmm. And um, me and him got to talking, and I was telling him how... I always wanted to go into the trades, and even as a kid, uh, people who knew me well told me I should go into the trades. They would see me, the things I was into, I like building things, making things, mm -hmm. painting, drawing, just all kind of things with my hands. And um, But I never went through it. I always went through the honors programs, you know, yeah. and, and we couldn't do trade stuff in the honors program. Uh, and he looks at me, and he just like, you know, with, with a straight face, he goes, it's not too late. And I'm looking like, what do you mean it's not too late? He's like, it's not too late. Mm. And with that bit of advice, I came back to Chicago, and I was looking for something that would help me in that direction. And like Tamara, I found Chicago Women in Trade. I called them. I was like, well, this is what I'm looking for. I mean, I told them what I was looking for. They didn't tell me what they had. Right. I was just like, well, I'm looking for a program that is going to help me understand what my options are. They go, that's us. I said, okay, I'm looking for a program that's going to start from the beginning because it's been so many years since I've been in school. That's us. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking for, <laughs> you know, they just kept saying, come on down to the orientation. So I went to the orientation, and it was everything <clears throat> that I was looking for because I had never heard of a pipe, a pipe fitter mm -hmm. at that point. But they put uh, on pipe trays day, they put a welder in my hand, they put uh, a cutting torch in my hand, they put those leathers on me, and I fell in love, and I never looked back. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anthony? So I became an iron worker through um, the Make for West project. In 2004, there was a flyer going around where uh, Dawson Technical Institute was giving a uh, pre-apprenticeship program. And at the end of the pre-apprenticeship program, they promised that uh, the contractors at Mick for West would give you an opportunity to sponsor you into the union. Well, after a 14-week program, I found out that uh, the contractors were not sponsoring us into a union and that we had to test into the union. So after the program, I went uh, back to Dawson Techn Technical Institute. I took math classes, took reading on my own dime, and I educated myself on uh, the aptitude tests and the processes. And after I completed those classes, um, I went and I applied to uh, take the test for the iron workers. And uh, luckily enough, I tested with maybe 3,500 people, and um, I tested in the top 50. And within wow. four months, I was working as an iron worker. And rightfully so. For, for those who don't know about these tests, um, you like you said, you can have up, you know, up was at 3,000. I think when I took it, it was, I think it was like 2,200. Yeah. Um, uh, that year. But you were top 50. Yes. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. We do it. I was number two. We do it. Really? We do it. We do, we do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things uh, that I mentioned in kind of leading into the conversation was uh, from 1943, women's involvement uh, in what was looked, certainly at that point, was definitely looked at as non-traditional career, uh, careers for women. But the pay gap, right, the pay gap was, was, uh, was, was ridiculous. They was making at best half. Um, the trades... I hadn't even thought about it, but it offers a, uh, there's an opportunity there where th that does not exist. Um, what has been your, well, there are other layers to it. Absolutely. But, but mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the, um, what are some of the things that you have enjoyed, but what, is, what are some of the challenges? Well, let's start with some of the, what are some of the challenges of being in the, uh, in, in, in the trades? And whoever wants to, to take that first. I think, um, like you were saying with the with the pay gap, the the part is staying employed, um, <clears throat> and as a woman, you have people who don't necessarily want you there, so they may not fairly um, they may not fairly critique your work. Mm. You know, they take advantage of your work. You know, when you're there working, they're you know they're pushing you, they're giving you all kinds of stuff to do. They're giving you compliments on what you do, and then when it comes time for them to vouch for you, you know, with your school, let them know, you know, that you did do a good job. Now no one remembers, you know. Right. <laughs> or, you know, or they find a third party, somebody who who wasn't even around to, to give a report about your job performance. And, you know, you're totally confused because you've never seen this person, you've never met this person, maybe maybe once in passing, and here this person is writing out a full report on your, you know, so now you're here defending yourself. And and if you put, put in a situation to defend yourself and you don't properly defend yourself, then you may not be in the program anymore. Mm. So, Tanina, I see you shaking your head. You can, you can attest oh, to I that. Oh, I agree with Camille. Um, I found that um, I'm always the last one to get hired and the first one to be laid off. You know, regardless to how hard you work, um, it's just, that's just, that's that's the difference between the wages because a lot of the guys that I work with will be at the beginning of the job until they top it off. Right. And I'll, I'll be called in for six to eight weeks and fulfill the, the hourly quota that um, the government requires with some of their contracts with you know, a lot of the jobs that we have, and after that hourly quota is filled, I'm laid off. Right. Um, we're going to pause for a second. I think we have a, a question from a caller. Assalamu alaikum. This is Radio Islam. Walaikum salam. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? <laughs> hello to your guest. Okay. Um, Just I'm always so happy uh, to see women representing in the trades and... Uh, um, you know, I'm the mother of a young daughter. From the time she was little, you know, I would have she play with her dolls, yes, but she would, you know, have on her princess dress, a, you know, construction hat on her head, with, you know, while playing with her train. So I'm I'm happy to see women representing, and uh, that just does so much for our young girls. Yes. But um, as women, I really want to know what um, challenges. I'm going to relay your. I'm sorry. I'm going to relay your question because our um, they don't have on headsets right now. So. Just, okay. just go right here. She said it. Okay, right really ahead. what I want to know is the challenges they faced as women mm -hmm. um, and how they've worked through those challenges. Okay. Some of the challenges and how they've worked through those. Okay. So that's it. Okay, I'm going to hang up and listen to your, their okay. answers. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Okay, so first of, first of all, uh, she was uh, extremely encouraged uh, and appreciative of you all being here and representing uh, as models for our young women. Uh, and second, she wanted to know how you deal with the the challenges of 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 being in the in the trades. Uh, and I think it kind of goes to what you two were just uh, just speaking to. But I will um, I, I'll go to you and, and allow you to to, to, to kick that off uh, tomorrow. Uh, of the challenges that I've experienced through this, yeah, the the most beneficial part of it was finding uh, another woman that could I can talk to about anything any situation because you can go home and they not understand because it's like well why don't you go to HR well there's really no HR you know well why don't you and it's a different chain of command it's, it's a it's a different beast completely 
So the best thing that I found out of it is to find another woman mostly and have that person to talk to, have that person to get out whatever it is you need to get out. So the support of, of, of those sisters out here who, who understand what you're going through is the, is the best thing that I found. And it's also the reason why I go back mm-hmm. and I, you know, I volunteer and I, and I tutor. And you know, I walk down the street and or wherever in the store. Hey, you what? What you doing? You know, just to get those numbers up because it's a, it's a um, wonderful thing. One one of the best friends I've had in my life mm-hmm. is another sheet metal worker because we were able to sit down and and understand really what we were going through because you have you have no idea what you're gonna go through. And I've had experience in non traditional, but it's. It's completely different. It's a completely different beast. And I imagine, uh, and I want to get your input on this, Tanine, um, but I imagine that it has to be double what I felt. Um, I've been a journeyman. I worked for Local One for 10 years. Uh, and on many jobs, I think my first three first three years or so, I think I was the only, uh, only African-American on a job site. Uh, and then there, there may have been times where I may have looked up and seen a carpenter, uh, electrician every now and again. Um, but, but you all, as we talk about, if I see myself as, as a minority, then we're talking about you're know, double, Absolutely. double minority. Yeah. So what, what are, uh, as you're shaking your head, looking at that, uh, talking about support uh, and that being an essential part of being able to deal with the challenges, what would have been your experiences, uh, Tanine? Uh, as far as support... I too, like Tamara, I too uh, was able to bond with another female iron worker and um, that friendship definitely helped me to vent and to be able to understand a lot of things that I was experiencing. Okay. Um, when you mentioned that there's no HR, right? right? So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to ramble. Right, I won't ramble on this. I want you okay. all to 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 give your truth to this. Okay, what are some of the the circumstances? What are some of the the things that uh, that you've gone through as a woman? And then we'll go on and say, as a woman of color, right, as an African American woman, what are some of the things that you have gone through that people from the outside just may not think actually takes place or may surprise people? Well, uh, the job I'm on currently today, 2018, <laughs> um, I was, they have, depending on how many women are on the job, they have designated women portageons. So for a while, I was the only woman at this particular job. And I would go to a trailer that may be, I don't know, a block away from the job maybe, three quarters of a block away from the job, to go to the bathroom. So I would have to leave where I am and enough time to go to this. So I was on my way and, uh, no, I'm sorry. The general had informed my foreman, well, we got her a, a, a portage on. She can, she can go there. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's fine because I've been doing it for 15 years. That's part of the job to go to the portage on. Right. So, um, but the portage on was next to the trailer. So I still had to walk this three quarter, well, how far away from it was. So it was uh, in a job, it was outside. It is still outside. We're exposed to all weather. And this is this winter had been cold, so it's below, well below zero. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I was going to go to the trailer because it's below zero. Not only that, it's ice frozen on the portage on, so, you know, I just, it's an uncomfortable right. feeling, you know. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm walking to the, porta- to the bathroom, and the, the general pulls up on me, in the snow and just slams on his brake. Uh, he says, uh, didn't I tell you to go to the bathroom outside? What, what, wait a minute. Wait, okay. <laughs> why are we having a discussion about where I'm going to the bathroom? Right. You know, and, and, and why is it a problem for me to go inside to the bathroom where there's, you know, I'm the only female on this job right. and it's maybe five, minorities or, or African-Americans on this job. So, right. and, it, and it was constant discussions amongst the two of us, still is, on where I need to go to the 
to the bathroom and, and you know that I, I'm not allowed to go into the trailer. So that that's something I don't even think people will you go to the bathroom daily. Right. You know. Yeah, that's that's not something that people would normally even take into account. Right. Uh, you know, you just walk down the hall, grab your key or walk in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like uh, do all of you feel like there is a there is a and this is well I'm gonna, I'm going to say it uh, without trying to sound um, with no bias or chauvinism intended right um, for me chivalry is not dead okay uh, that's just how I was how I was raised so but do you feel that there is that your womanhood is negated by the men that you work with sometimes or they don't see you or or respect you or treat you uh, as a woman because you're on, because you're doing this, doing this job no sometimes i think the problem is some some guys can't stop themselves from trying to help you mm. and quite the opposite. okay and uh <clears throat> the problem becomes if the wrong person sees that person helping you now they're saying well no she's not doing her job he's doing her job mm, so okay. then you have to um you have to be able to, to communicate in such a way where there's no conflict where you have to let that person who, who's trying to be polite or whatever no no you can't help me you know right if, if if i can do this job all by myself then i need to be doing it all by myself sure. without offending them mm. because there's always someone watching Mm-hmm. And you never know. I mean, smiling faces aren't always your friends, so you never know who that person is going to be to go back and say, "Oh, well, she's not. You know, why is she here? She's not doing any. She's right. not doing her job. You know." So it's, it's good it's, point. Very it's good a weird point. little game you got to play, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the other side of that is not so much about helping you to do the work, right? But just in terms of how how you're spoken to or because everybody grows up differently right but my thing was i was told you don't you don't use profanity in front of uh, in front of women in front of old folks in front of our, our elders i should say and in front of children mm-hmm. right but the trades is, is a different like you said there's no hr right. it's uh, yeah. it's like being in the wild west absolutely um, <laughs> well, you, we we have to uh, we we're entering a different world, mm-hmm. so we have to make adjustments. So I I don't want you uncomfortable. I mean, there's certain things that we we're not going to discuss, and I, I can create my own line. But at the same time, I don't want you so uncomfortable that you don't want me there. Yeah, you don't want me working. So um, I realize I'm in a male dominated field and I realized that men are a certain way or, or some men are a certain way so some things you have to um, accept but you still have to define your own lines so there may be let, let we me, may laugh but there's a there's a line let me push back on that with this okay so as an as an african-american man if I come into a job site where it's predominantly it's all, all white men mm-hmm and they are used to making what they feel are good-hearted, not not malicious, right? But making racist jokes. Mm-hmm. And my presence there, I'm offended by that, mm-hmm. right? Do they do they stop because I'm offended, or do I <laughs> do I no. do I just say, well, this is just the culture. I'm the minority. Well, you know, well, you have to have a line. You have right. to have your line. And right. if those jokes are your line, then you stop it. Right I mean, there. I think um, I think guys are very conscious of what they're doing. I mean, this I've out of a, out of the many guys that I've worked with, there's only maybe one or two that are just that just don't care. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they kind of are quiet to themselves, or they stop, they pause, or they look at you to see just how far they can go. You know, so there's that communication there uh, that's still there. Um, and also, I was I was thinking about what you were saying, and I think I've only really bumped into a handful of women that are offended by stuff like that. I mean, I think a lot of the women who get into the trades, like she said, they we kind of understand 
what type of environment we're going into and so to be too sensitive mm -hmm. about certain things but yeah that like she said there's also a line i mean in in when it comes to your communication skills how do you handle that do you let that person know look i'm not comfortable with that right. you know um it, the, depending on the way you approach it, it can go well. Um, I have heard stories of retaliation for things like that, but again, I can't, uh, I'm not a witness to them, so I'm not quite sure how that person actually handled the situation, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, did, were they, you know, uh, how they approached it? Were they combative when they did it? I don't know, but um, I've never had the problem. If, if I was uncomfortable in a situation, I let people know Typically, they it was no big deal. You know. And just to add to what Camille said, there's a lot of things that you hear and there's a lot of things that you don't. Mm -hmm. You have selective hearing. Some things you hear and you, you know, yeah. stop it in the door. And then there's some things that just you just let go over your head because you got to look at who's saying it. Mm -hmm. Right. You got to look at the battles. people <laughs> that it's coming from. Right. And it makes a whole lot of difference on how you accept it. Yeah, yeah. And I should say this, that my, my experiences have been, I think majority, they have, they've been good experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of folks that I've worked with have been good, have been good people. Um, and, but there, there's always that, that one or two uh, that bear watching or, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this because we're going to take a short break after this statement, is that what people may not realize on a construction site, you are walking around with a hundred people or, or more who are all carrying weapons. Um, <laughs> tool belts full of weapons. But but we managed, <laughs> but buildings managed to get put up, and uh, and nobody for the most part gets gets hurt. At least not that way. Um, so anyway, we want to pick up our conversation when we come back. Our Radio Slam family, we are talking. Um, about women uh, in the trades. We're going to pick our conversation back up in just a minute. This is WCV 1450 AM. Assalamu alaikum. This Saturday, April 28th, Sound Vision will be hosting a weekend school teachers training day. This will be a day-long seminar focused on training teachers and administrators to build a better weekend school system. For thousands of Muslim children, weekend school is crucial in forming their perception of Islam. If you're a teacher, please attend this free event. Join us at 9.30 a.m. at Islamic Foundation in Villa Park. You can register at soundvision.com. In the streets below, traffic had stopped. Pedestrians were lying on sidewalks and curled up in doorways. There was no sign of violence, no wrecks, nothing like that. It was as if the people in New York had simply decided to stop whatever they were doing and pass out. Ice coated my stomach. The invasion has started. To find out what happens next, read Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Reardon. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 88. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 and I work at a graphic design company. And the teenage me would tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for Big Brother's Big Sisters. My big sister showed me early on that I could do anything. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this eight-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brother's Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brother's Big Sisters and the Ad Council.
Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Kalameen. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And remember, you can follow and like our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Radio Islam USA. And that's the same handle where you will find our podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If that's Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, or SoundCloud, you will find all of our former ep- episodes. Uh, and remember, to be good people means that you must share. So if you like it, share it with somebody. All right. That being said, oh, last thing, if you want to give us a call, um, do so at 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. Uh, we'd be happy to uh, have you, uh, your question or comment uh, inter- injected into our conversation. So um, we're back at it. We have uh, Tanine Ball. She is a local one iron worker for the past uh, 13 years. Uh, Arlena Camille Tucker Hampton. Like you should have a fan club with that. That's I, I love that. Uh, and she is a local 597 pipe fitter for uh, four and a half years. And we have Tamara McCullough, and who I have to apologize. Uh, this was autocorrect's fault. It was not not my fault. Mm-hmm. And the the flyer that we sent out earlier, well, uh, it changed the oh yes. It's been it's been a minute. <laughs> so you know that's not my fault. I know I know how to spell your name, but she's been uh, she has been a local 73. 73 73 sheet metal worker for the past 15 years and one of the things about this uh, and Radio Slam family I've told you I've I've, I'm like really 172 years uh, old because the number of jobs that I've had um, it really would equate to that Uh, so as I was saying also that I've been a local one eye worker for the past uh, 10 years one thing that people don't realize is that you don't get to stay home when it's cold outside, you don't, you know, it's very rare. Very there, there's a there's a ceiling or a basement that, that it's got to be beneath for you to not work. And even when it's that cold, you still generally you're still showing up. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with inclement weather? Um, what's that like? Was that something that you were prepared for when you came into the trade? Uh, it definitely takes some getting used to but you have to just stock up on the hand warmers and the toe warmers and, you know, buy the best undergarments. Uh, Last year they even came out with uh, heated jackets that we all purchased um, that were incredible, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, (laughs) during that time. So, yeah, you just invest a little money into your, you know, your gear so that you don't get frostbitten, frostbitten. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, layers. The last couple of weeks have been pretty rough. <laughs> um, like, I, I tell people that the only reason why I love to weld, that's why, why I went to the trades. And the only reason why I didn't become an iron worker is because I like to have floors when I'm welding. <laughs> <laughs> not, sit, not sitting on a beam. <laughs> yeah, I like to have floors. We, we, we don't, we don't have, we currently don't have walls. Yeah. But we have floors. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and I'm working on a project that's right off the lakefront, so. Ooh. Yeah. 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 It can be rough. Um, yes. Lake affects snow. Yeah. So the only really the the I mean I've been good at layering, but the biggest thing is keeping the flame from blowing in my face with 50 degree with 50 mile an hour winds. That's important. That's important. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead uh, in just a second as I'm. As uh, as I am getting ready, we've got a call. I want to just set it up so that we can patch uh, our, our uh, one of our guests in. Uh, Salam alaikum. Welcome to Radio Slam. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, good afternoon, and I'd like to send some solidarity to my sisters in the trade that you you guys are interviewing today. All right. My name is Raquel Keith, and I am a machinist. And um, the sister Tamara McCullough was actually my mentor. She has been a wonderful, wonderful example of of how to move in in the trade industries for me. Um, and I, I just really wanted to say that I appreciate you having us on and uh, allowing us once again the opportunity to express the different experiences that we do have. And, and how how important it is for us to be in the workplace mm-hmm. in order to set the example for the sisters that come 
after us. Mm. Well, thank you so much for thank that. You. Did you want to re reply to that, uh, Tanine, or? Uh, thank you, sister. Thank you for your support. Uh, right. You guys are absolutely welcome. You said you're a machinist. Yes, right? I am. Okay, so how, how, long have, how long have you been in the trades? I've, I've been in the trade industry for eight years. I've been a machinist for six. I started out as a sheet metal worker. Oh, okay. Started out as a sheet metal, sheet metal worker. Awesome, awesome. I'm I'm, re I'm repeating this because Tamar can't hear you. Uh, she doesn't have on um, her headphones. So, yeah, she left her headphones at home. So I'm just repeating it, uh, what you're saying. Well, we definitely appreciate uh, we appreciate the call and, and keep representing. Absolutely, All absolutely. Right. Thank you. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. So um, she mentioned something, I think, which is very important. I think minorities in general, whether it be gender or ethnicity, are quite conscious of, and that is a feeling of uh, responsibility for representing, you feel like if you have the burden of uh, responsibility for representing an entire group of people. Uh, is that something that you all all feel? Do, do you feel that, that, that same way? A little bit. A little Absolutely, bit. I do. You, you, know, you know that for everything that you're doing, if you do it well, you're making a, a, a you're setting a good example for them to allow someone else in, mm -hmm. um, and for everything <laughs> mistake you make, you're making it a little bit harder for the next person to get in. I mean, I mean it's just the reality of it. Yeah, and it's undue, I think, because me and I, regardless of race, creed, or whatever, they're not judged as a group. But if she does something in Gurney, I'm gonna be judged for it and you know, University Park, right. you know, and, it, and and we're two different, we're individuals. You, but that's that's what I carry, but that's okay, because I'm gonna do the best job I can because I am going to allow somebody else to come in, you know what I mean, or, or make an opportunity by right. what I put out there. Mm -hmm. So the show is, uh, the program is called Radio Islam, right? So one of the things about Islam is that uh, itself, it is, it is egalitarian, right? It, that the individual, it sh should be judged on their own worth, uh, their, their actions, and pushing forward that, that awareness, that consciousness. Uh, one of the things we talk about quite often, I think, we wind up talking about um, uh, discrimination. Um, do we ever talk about white supremacy? Quite often. Quite often, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we do, but all of these things this this idea, this need to to, uh, to 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 feel like you are representing the whole group, it, it comes out of that. Mm -hmm. right? It comes out of that where you feel like if I trip up, somebody else is is going to pay for it, but nobody else has that same type of uh, responsibility, or right. they don't operate in that same way. And it's really not something that most people who have not walked in that space can really even understand. Yeah. They they think that that's like oh come on you, you making that up mm -hmm. you know but I digress we was uh, we was getting into some of the strategies for uh, dealing with inclement weather right <laughs> so Tanine mentioned the the heated jackets which I had no idea right um, yeah great. I never I never got on it well I, I got hot really easily <laughs> uh, and and that's the difference like if you're doing structural compared to uh, rods. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to be dressed if you're doing structural, mm -hmm. right? But if you're doing if you're doing rods, you start you you have on all the clothes in the morning, and then an hour <laughs> later, <laughs> yeah, you you, 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 you stripping, yeah, <laughs> taking it's clothes physical, off. It's physically demanding. Yeah. Uh, do you do you feel underestimated as a woman as far as your your your, your ability to do the job? Uh, I think I've pretty much shown my ability to do the job and that is where a lot of my um, slack came from because I found that a lot of the guys that I work with were uh, intimidated by uh, my capabilities. Yeah, because I heard about you. I never, I don't think I ever had a chance to work with you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when people talk about who's a good iron worker, your name, that's, and I think in any trade, your name gets out there. Mm -hmm. And if okay. you get a bad name, 
it's prayers like wildfire. Absolutely. So yep. you you've always had a good name. You know, you got three years on me, but um, yeah, I never heard nothing bad. You know, <laughs> so that's that that says a whole lot. I think that's mostly due to the part that I actually enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy the physical, you know, the physicality of the job. Mm -hmm. So uh, it kind of comes easy when you have some interest in what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm sorry, uh, I need to say, because I don't want to sound bashing, the best thing could be, no, the men that you work with, because they, they will uh, make sure your name is out there, or they will say, hey, you you need to, the sister right here, she, you know, you know they, they could be the best thing, they could sometimes be the worst, but it's just very few, but I have to uh, say that, because sometimes I think people believe when you are in this situation that you're man bashing. Mm. But I wouldn't have my skills, my knowledge, or my job without the man next to me. I was never trained by a woman to do my job. It mm. took a man to teach me the skills that I have. It took a man for me to become as, you know, as knowledgeable as I am, and, and they are a big part of it. So I just wanted to put that out there, too. Oh, abs absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I appreciate you saying that because sometimes we talk about problems and don't realize that the problems are not the only thing that exists. Right. right? That there's a lot, lot, of, lot of things, a lot of relationships that, that are healthy um, and, and contribute to us all being able to, to be in the space, you know, that we're in. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I like the, some of the women that, that I get to speak to, I try to let them know that being liked isn't what you should focus on. What you should focus on is, is the person or the people that you're working with, are they teaching you? Are they allowing you to learn? Are they allowing you to, to put into practice what you've learned? Mm -hmm. You know, um, because I think not just women, but with some people, being liked and accepted is more important. And what I've seen with some of, not just not just women or minorities, but with even with some of the, the uh, white boys that we work with, they focus more on being liked. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes down to, you know, getting that good reputation for being a worker, yeah. mm -hmm. they're not working. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes them, yeah. but no one's hiring them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you know, I try to tell the women, I'm like, look, it's great that these guys are, you know, talking with you and chatting with you and telling you jokes and things of that nature. But are you learning your skills? You know, are you better today at what you do than you were yesterday? Right. So yeah, there definitely has to be a commitment to uh, to becoming better, uh, and I think that's something that you continue to do even after you get some years in. You still find yourself learning um, new ways to do things and yeah. different ways to, to see things. So, mm -hmm. um, let me ask this: There are most people who are not in construction may not know that there are quite a few. I'm using air quotes, uh, uh, Radio Sound Family. I'm using air quotes. Women-owned companies, but I ask, how many women? Have you seen, or have you yourselves, been in a position where you are leading in the field? How many times have um, that's not something? I, I, yeah, please answer that. How many how many women do you know that are that are running work? That are um, uh, how many women uh, GFs, uh, general foremen, um, do you know, or superintendents? Do you know? I personally do not know any woman. Uh, who is in a position of a superintendent uh, or general foreman in uh, the iron workers uh, that I've encountered. Myself, I have had the opportunity to run work, but it's uh, always a very small job and a very small crew where I've never had more than four uh, employees to work with. Mm. Um, I've worked with a woman-owned company outfits, but I've never worked with, like a like she said, a GF. I've worked, um, I know women who run work, like I met her today, um, but mm, not too many, not too many supers. I don't think I've ever met a super, a woman that was a super. Yeah. Yeah. I know of a pipe fitter woman 
Sarah, she's a she was a superintendent or is a superintendent through Chicago Women in Trade, but I I've never personally worked with one. Um, I know of one female foreman as a sheet metal worker, but our numbers are so small. I, I'm the last mechanic in the in the local. Mm-hmm. It's a, we have one black uh, mechanic and one black apprentice. The rest of them have gone to the uh, train or CTA or the city. They, they've, they're not on the construction side of it anymore. They're still mm-hmm. within the local, but out there is just myself and an apprentice at this point. And, but um, there may be, I'm gonna be generous and say 20 of us all together. Oh, we do have a female um, instructor now, welding instructor. Okay. And, and that, that was huge, yes. At okay. That's, so that's, yeah. th- that's That's all we have. That's wow. huge. Mm. Uh, there is something else that many people may not be aware of because we, we call it, uh, look at it as non-traditional uh, careers, um, and not just, not just uh, gender-wise, right, but there's a lot of emphasis put on um, academic education, formal education. Mm-hmm. where people may not recognize that there is quite a bit of, you know, there is a academic portion that goes along with uh, each of these, uh, with, with all of, the, basically all of the trades. Uh, and those apprenticeships, you know, you go to work every day, and then depending on how your trade is set up, you may be going to school every every night or three nights a week or, or whatever. Uh, would you talk a little bit about that experience? Uh, for the ironworkers, we have a, a three-year pipe fitters. You all are five, right? And how long was the sheet metal? I think we backed down to four. It was five, but we backed down to four. Yeah, we um, it's five, but two. I think two of the years are on the job training. Right. Three of the years are classroom. One day a week we go to school. We get paid to go to to school, but of course they're requiring more time. I mean to learn how to, to, to get all the welding search that we have to get and to do the, the classroom, you want to give yourself more than one day a week of school. But the one day you're required to go to school, you get paid for that. Right. We, are, uh, we are required to go to school after work, um, usually three days a week, um, depending on the certification that you're getting. Some uh, OSHA certifications require you to go five days a week. So um, it's very uh, hard as an apprentice, uh, when you're working uh, physical, and then to have to go to school uh, right after right after work and sit in class, so yeah. it's not easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I and I see what she's saying, mm-hmm. but then you have to also look at that there are kids out there or young people out there that are working and they go to college and they're paying for it. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to owe those colleges a lot of money when they're done. You know, we're, we're, they're paying us to go to school, and then we're getting paid. And each time we progress in our education, we get a raise. So right. who can complain about it's that? It's very rewarding. <laughs> yeah, see, you know what? We're down to the last five minutes, and we didn't even really we didn't even talk about the financial side of it because I want to I ask you, would you all – recommend other women to come into the trades and to talk a little bit about the 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 earning potential absolutely i would encourage women to um come into the trades um to supplement you know what isn't coming into your household a lot of families are having a difficult uh, one income families and you know it really helps yeah also i would add that they're predicting, and they have been for the last couple of years, a shortage. And so a lot of the uh, apprenticeships are more open to women now. They actually put out a call for women. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago Women in Trades have has had the largest classes they've had in years because of this. You know, we could go around telling women about Chicago Women in Trades, but once they put a commercial on TV saying the trades want you, then the phone calls come in. So this is actually an excellent time to get into the trades. The work is, uh, is, is, is projected to, to, to boom, especially in Chicago, in the Chicago area. So I would, any women out there that's interested, I would 
if they don't, if you have no clue where to go or you have no connections, I would look into Chicago Women in Trades. What give me give me what's what scale for everybody right now? <laughs> I mean, it's public knowledge, right? Oh <laughs> well, yeah, we actually uh, just got a new contract, yeah, so we we're going um, to forty-seven and some change soon. Okay, now and pipe fitters work five ninety-seven. Yeah. Um, if I have it correct, yeah, we just got a raise. Uh, I think we're at uh, forty-eight, forty-nine. Okay. I forget. <laughs> we're, at, we're at 43 Okay. on the check. But our total package is a, is a good package. We have over uh, $10 an hour going into our annuity, which is huge, you know, for our 401 or whatever you want to call it. So, right. you know. Yeah, our total it's, package it's a great, It's a great uh, opportunity. And I wanted to touch on, she said, uh, single-income um, families. Uh, when I got the letter to go, uh, I was accepted in sheet metal. I also found out that day mm -hmm. I was pregnant. So uh, he pretty much chose sheet metal for me. <laughs> but uh, it, it allowed me to uh, do things with him and for him and put him in certain opportunities that I wouldn't have been able to do at a traditional woman job. Mm -hmm. um, it's allowed us to travel. It's just allowed opportunities that we never would have had and I mentioned that these are also so the numbers you gave as far as um, 47 43 49 these are all on the on this the check just on the check, check right? yeah right. and that does not include the uh, vacation package, funds uh, health and welfare mm -hmm. and annuity think, all of these things mm -hmm. I think we're at 78 for total package yeah. so um, yeah so there's there's a lot of opportunity uh, there I just wanted to give our listeners because especially since we have two callers um, that are also in the trades call in that's something that most people may not be aware of you know the the big picture of it um, we are coming down to our last um, well minute or two so I don't have to do my auctioneer imitation uh, and close out so I'm going to say that uh, I appreciate each one of you coming in uh, and sharing some of your uh, experiences and perspectives uh, with us and wish you uh, continued uh, success. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. <laughs> All right, Radio Slam family. Uh, as I said uh, at the outset, this is one of the fastest hours in radio. So uh, we look forward to you joining us tomorrow uh, evening. And I'm not even going to tell you what tomorrow's conversation is about. I'm just going to let you sweat it out. But be back here tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we want to thank our engineer over at WCEV, Ramon. Thank you very much, sir. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, assistant producer, Ibrahim Baig. All right, we thank our executive producer, Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, I am your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision, Inc. <sighs> okay. I think we've got through all that. So, at this point, have a great evening. We're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.